Welcome. No, that's, that's, it. Not that's it. what you do. Nah, hold on, hold on. There's something after the welcome. <laughs> no, so there's not. There's not. It's just the, the the name of the podcast is now Welcome. Yes. Every uh, episode is just entitled Welcome. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Fools in Fiction. This episode we are going to talk about playing adversarial characters in the role-playing game Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, here with me, we got Joe, who you all know. We've also got Chris. Or here, why don't you all introduce yourselves? I'm Joe. Yeah, I have to introduce myself. I haven't been on the podcast ever. I killed the old Joe. Howdy, <laughs> I'm Joe. That was Chris. No! <laughs> Chris, I swear to God, I'm going to kill you. I'm Sean. I'm new. <clears throat> the, the prank is, Sean's... Like, been here the whole time throughout all of the podcasts. He just doesn't send anything. It's the, the one who's in the corner who who Chris referenced a few episodes ago. Oh, yeah. Oh. Um, so. He's been our sign language translator for, <laughs> for the deaf audience. He's been there for. Yeah. That's yep. what it's been. So, um, this was brought about because uh, this. So, uh, a little bit of context. Uh, our friend Cody, who was supposed to be here but then had uh, SA.exe occur. <clears throat> So uh, he cannot be here. Uh, was the dungeon master uh, for the current season of D anD D, and so every semester we do a season of D anD D that is like pretty self-contained, and people uh, take turns being the DM. And so in this season, um, out of the what the three characters that we've had, all three of them have been somewhat adversarial to the party. Oh. So, so to clarify, when we say adversarial, we mean adversarial to the goals of the party. Yeah, like, uh, we don't tolerate, like, it, Chris didn't walk in and, like, beat the shit out of me and then tell me, like, what we were going to be doing. Yeah, this, it, is, yeah, this is party as in, like, in-universe, not out-of-universe. Yeah. Um, and also, uh, Sean is here because Sean has played uh, the most adversarial character in the history of all of our D&D sessions. I suppose uh, so. Which character was that? It was when I played a Clay. Clay, yeah. Uh, which I wasn't there for. I wasn't mm-hmm. in. Um, the other adversarial character I know about is uh, Finn played a fucking bug, fuck insane guy. Roman yeah. Roman yeah. Turner. Uh, I, I also played. No, wait. I was the DM. Sean also <laughs> played. Uh, what's her name? Oh Clay. no, not Clay. The um, other... on the boat. Oh oh oh. I totally cannot remember her name. Holy crap. What's uh, happening? Sean's character's name from season five. Yeah. Which season was um, five? The, the boat. The, the one that I was uh, guest uh, characters on. Oh. Holy shit. Did you, you played. What was his name? Yeah, or her name? Her, uh, uh, her. What were you? Describe yourself. It was Mariana's daughter. Yeah, I oh, remember yeah. that. Um, what is Mariana's last name? I was a rogue. What is Mariana's last name? Oh, God. Oh, no. You, you were a rogue, that's what's important. Oh, Ike Calford. Yeah, Ike. Ike. Okay. Ike. That's right. Yeah, okay. And, if, yeah, we, we can talk about... So I think the way we should do this is just talk about each of these characters and mm. talk with the person who played them as to why they wanted to play an adversarial character or what they were going for, and maybe everyone else can chime in with uh, with how they how they felt playing with an adversarial character, if that works and makes sense. Um who whom shall we of uh, whom with whom I think we'll interrogate the le- the least controversial we'll interrogate Chris for his character right have now. I done an adversarial character I don't think so I think technically no. some of the things you've done in this season have gone against the party 
But that's also because there's like three very independent people. Well, because I'm never adversarial to the DM. I like oh, that's fair to a degree following what the DM wants. Yeah, I I don't I don't think Chris has played any adversarial like truly adversarial. Like when you all tried to stop me from getting the orb that the DM wanted me to get, or uh, (laughs) ran away from God, so I had to solo him. Yeah. So hold on. So I'll go then. I will interrogate myself. Um, All right. So I play. A vampire Azamar called Narcissa Zeppeli, uh, who is by far the oldest member of the cast. Uh, she was there for... Uh, so this is a sequel to season four. Um, right right now we're in season six. six. Yeah. yeah. And so all you need to know is that she was in season four and she's uh, like the only recurring party member from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, she's kind of... So she is classified as neutral good, which... I have somewhat followed, um, but I also was just like, eh, screw it. So she's a bit chaotic. Like, she kind of follows some laws, but she also just does what she wants. Uh, she's very impulsive. Uh, and the big thing is that, uh, so that Chris's character, uh... Andre, what's Andre's last name? Is Andre cool? That can't be it. It's like Joe Cool. It's like Nordic. It's a Joe Cool. I think it's literally Nordic for Ice Farmer. I just looked it up. Okay. Anyways, um, so uh, he found an orb uh, that turned out to house like the essence of a god, Um, and he was like, "I'm going to take this." Um, And so uh, he or he was like, "Should I take this?" Because it was technically stealing. Um, And Narcissa was there. And Narcissa was like. Uh, Finn has moved to the loudest box. Apologies. It's fine. Um, uh, so Narcissa was like, in general, wouldn't have cared that he stole it, but she cared that he had a moral dilemma, uh, about it, and was like trying to help him. Yeah. And so she was like, "No, don't steal it. Stealing is, in your opinion, bad." Uh, but also the context is the orb started speaking to me, so I'm like, oh, it's held here against its will. Slavery is worse than stealing, so that's what I told Narcissa. When yeah, I and then Narcissa just thought he was, like, crazy. So and in that, in, yeah, in that instance, Narcissa was adversarial <clears throat> in, in that she wanted, um, it, it was just her interaction with another character. Yeah, and also, like, it was the goal of the DM to, for us to get the orb, mm-hmm. like, uh, and take it, mm-hmm. uh. And so we actually fought. Uh, I mean, you kind of just hugged me for. a Well, while. yeah, I grappled you, so it was you the couldn't longest do longest fight. I was just, so my character. Uh, what is my character's name? Jess. 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 Thank you, uh, <laughs> Jess Hawthorne. That's her name. She was down at camp, like sewing for this entire fight. And I forgot the, about the that. The fight took so long, and I was just sitting there. I don't think any of us took damage. We were <laughs> no. He was just hugging me, and I was like trying to get out of the. Hug. Yeah, well, because his AC was like twenty billion. Uh, I think you were hurting me, uh, but like, uh, no, because you were grappled and you couldn't get out of the grapple. And I wasn't trying to directly hit you, I yeah. was trying to get out of the grapple. Yeah. Go, so, like, get this small child off me. Yeah, so I wanted, to, so my opinion on playing the Narcissa and, like, playing characters in general is that you should, for the most part, stick to the character. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. um, sure, if... Your character is, like... Well, there are characters that I don't think you should play. Like, I don't think you should play... Like, if if the game is, like, all puppies and kittens, I don't think you should play, like, a Lich King that wants to destroy the world. 
Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I, I think that if you play a character that is, like, reasonable to have, um, that you should play the character right. So this kind of yeah. ties into... Sorry, did you go? No, it's just that you should typically do that, and there's definitely, you know, times when I don't think you should. Like, mm-hmm. when it's explicitly an awful decision for the party and not, like, just something that your character would do. Yeah. <laughs> Stares heavily at Finn. So the first, like, I guess <clears throat> the only adversarial character I've played is Roman Turner. What? You made a look. Uh, d- just Jess has been gone. adversarial. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, so le- yeah, let's stick with uh, with the campaign we were talking about uh, yeah. for a moment. Um, so Jess Hawthorne is my character, and through, she's not, like, a bad person, I think. No. I, I-, I want to call her a bad person, but this th- these series of coincidences essentially lined up such that she had to, st- well, had, chose to steal yeah. Narcissa's father... <laughs> and deliver him to the bad guy. The, it was a, a moment of confusion and of like a lot of emotion. Hold on, is my, my Siri. Phone, Siri wants to talk to us. <laughs> wait, what does it say? Hey Siri, search the sheet that shows. Wait, no. Search, search the sheet that shows the nurse's father. <laughs> what? Sorry, what? Narcissus I'm gonna father. yeah. Look, wait, I have my phone silenced. I'm so sorry. One second. I have to just permit. I have to kill my phone. <laughs> uh, just like. So I, I can I can fill in a bit. Yeah, you should off. insert like phone destruction noises there. <laughs> so uh, let me. Uh, oh yeah. yeah sorry. I, um, I thought it would take longer. Yeah, you beating up your phone. Um. So uh, what's her name? Jess. <laughs> I have no brain, by the way. So Jess uh, throws Narcissus's father, who was in an orb form, to the bad guy, and this ends up. With the only like logical outcome is they exile Narcissa to a beach. No, just Jess. Jess. Jess, not Narcissa. Yes, steal her father. Well, so so what happened was that um, like we so we the god got a power boost because of that and almost killed us, but we beat him through sheer fucking dumb luck. Mm-hmm. Uh, what and 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 what the hammer. Remember I put smoke down his throat. Oh, that's right. We did give him lung cancer, too. Um, Before we killed him. Yes. So, uh, the point was that uh, uh, Narcissa and Andre were like, what the hell are we going to do with Jess? Yeah, because it's just like the way things played out, there was no alternative, really. Yeah. Um, And so, the options were like, kill Jess... um, Exile her uh, to an island, or like send her back home, mm-hmm. uh, and we were like, eh, it'd be like a pretty douchey thing to kill off someone's character, like actually kill them. And so we were like, we're gonna exile her to an island, uh, and Narcissa, who is uh, the demigod of fish, like made sure that she would have enough fish to eat, like that would that would spawn there. Um, and then we just left uh, because we were like, yeah, we almost died because of this, like, uh, action that was, like, perfectly understandable, no, like, knowing her backstory, but, like, out of context, we were like, what the fuck? So, those are both cases where a character is adversarial, I'd say, just, like, in, like, in, as a consequence of something, or uh, because of circumstances, Mm -hmm. um, but we have also played characters who were adversarial from the get-go, uh, if you want to... 
start with that by talking about uh, Sean's character, Clay. Yeah. Do you want to? Yeah, sure. So she just. This wanted... was in season one, by the way. Yeah, so oh, that's one. right. Oh, fuck that. Yeah. Don't kill anyone. <laughs> Don't kill animals. Yeah, you can't kill animals, but people are okay. Um, anyhow, she, so that was her ideology, and she wanted to save the forest and do all sorts of stuff with the forest, because backstory stuff made her hate people and a lot of other things like that, and she wanted power, and to get that, she joined the party, and she was going to get the power no matter what, so she'd do things like poison them by going to find food, and then finding poisoned food, and then not realizing, not realizing, quote-unquote, that it was poisoned. And whoops, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, was that derailed when my character started cooking food? Yes, like became a <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, we had we as players, we had no idea that Sean was playing an evil character mm-hmm. until yeah. like nearly the very end. Where it's like, I, if I remember right, it was like, oh, the conclusion, everyone is happy, and then like Calais comes and like you tried to steal you the do? crown, of power. yeah, I tried to steal the crown of power yeah. thing, yeah, that, uh, <laughs> the MacGuffin. <laughs> that Chris's character had had um, because that was all that she wanted the whole time and yeah Uh, so I I liked playing her because I like being more the secretive type of evil character where it's like you know you're not in your in someone else's face being rude and evil to them but it's behind the sidelines and like there's a twist at the end yeah and I thought it was fun because you weren't really or confronted with the adversarial thing directly until yeah. the very end. So yeah. it didn't feel so, like an adversarial campaign. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was just lots of, like, coincidental things going wrong. Mm-hmm. It's like being a bad luck charm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> does that mean Crow is an adversarial <laughs> D&D right. character in Ruby? Hmm. <laughs> uh, so... I also like I wasn't here uh, for, for season one, uh, and you played Roman in season three. Right? Or was it? Three, yeah. Yeah, which I was only... I was a spectator for part of. Um, yeah. Like, at the very end. Um, so, my opinion on Clay is like... Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I, I, I turned to Sean and gave two big thumbs up and then had the realization that that's, that's not a sound. That's not enough thumbs up to, to go into audio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Wait, all right, let's, let's do... Can you all hear these thumbs up? <laughs> all right uh so i my opinion on like a character that's always been adversarial is yeah mm-hmm. like don't I, like outright kill the party <clears throat> yeah uh yeah. and and always work within like the bounds of what the dm is doing mm-hmm. um, yeah i was constantly talking with uh, what with Cody, it. yeah uh, I, I didn't even know that, that that's really good mm-hmm. which yeah so like don't there's there's a huge difference between being a dick and being an interesting narrative character yeah. so like there's uh, all these stories of like terrible uh, players. I heard of one that was like really like sex crazed, oh, and like I heard that, and always wanted mm. to have sex with different characters, uh, and ended up getting killed off by the DM because of it. Uh, because like, sure, it's adversarial, but like, it's not interesting. Um, which yeah. is yeah. Well, it's adversarial in a way that's a negative experience to the rest of the players. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, poor players. Yeah. Uh, my perspective of Clay while playing, uh, I was just like really shocked at the end that, that, that she was evil, but it totally made sense. Uh, it was it was just a I think really 
well played in the sense yeah. that you played the character well, but also in the sense that it was like a well played <clears throat> game, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like and I believe you, Holmes, you tried to steal the crown and then were immediately knocked, knocked out and sent to like the salt mines or yeah. something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, baby, yeah. Jail. Uh, do we want to move on to Roman, maybe? I'm fine with that. So I played a character named Roman <clears throat> Turner in uh, season three, which Sean was the DM for. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I started, so the this took place in a location where everyone was like like a the small or here do you want to describe the location yes yeah, it's like a small uh there's two towns and there's like an amphitheater uh pretty much everyone knows everyone and there's like a king and a queen who basically do everything and it's in a settlers of Catan tile essentially <laughs> yeah yeah it's a small little pentagon so i i had an idea why don't i play a character who's from somewhere like really different uh and sean told me that there were these other planes uh, in, in this world, I'm like, oh, why don't I do one from Earth? Like a human who has no knowledge of any of this D&D stuff. And Sean's like, oh, that works out perfectly. Because big plot twist for the end, they were on Earth the whole time. Um, you said different planes, and like for some reason I just saw like a Boeing 747 <laughs> yeah. with Roman in it, like crash into the Catan tile. You should see OE Part 2. Oh, <laughs> Wait, no, How many OE... things can I say so that many remind you of OE Part 2? <laughs> Uh, BA-141. Oh, yeah, I know about that. Do you know about that? I know about that from the first episode. Anyways. Oh, I forgot it's also in the first episode. It comes up later. So, yeah, we're sorry. done derailing. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I was like, I just want to play a character who's from a different place. I think that would be fun. I'm like, what if he's just, like, kind of a dick? Um, <laughs> kind of? So, the thing is, he didn't start... I didn't think when I was when I was making the character, I want him to derail the party. I want him to be against the party. I was like, I just want him to be, like, a, an outsider. Mm-hmm. And... He's a, he's a uh, this like scientist who was almost killed, um, and saw this whole like D and D world as a as like a really fruitful place for scientific exploration, um, and as the storyline progressed, he became like more and more. It became more and more clear that his goals were kind of against the parties, uh, but he was pretending to be someone else. So while I think the cast or the players knew that roman was a bad guy i think they knew um i mean we knew you were like mischievous and like trying to steal shit but i don't think we (laughs) i don't think we knew you were going to turn into a lich and try to kill all of us so that was the that was the big twist is that so roman was a ghost um which is he it turns out he didn't almost die he actually did and he was a ghost he didn't even know it himself i don't remember if i did no i don't think i knew yeah it's almost as if I can hear the DM talking in my head. Um, but the, it, it was it was another kind of similar to the bit that turned Jess into an adversarial character. Uh, there was just this moment where um, it all worked out such that Roman had a clear shot to possess a lich, and he and, was and like, did it. "If like... I do this, I can go anywhere because liches can teleport." And he does it, and I'm like. Well, I guess he has. I guess he's out. I guess he leaves to go off exploring other planets, and uh, essentially that that was just what he did. And I had to create a new character. Uh, Hold on, uh, your new your your character is still up there. I believe. Yeah, I I made my new character out of clay, and he's sitting on my shelf. You see him, Chris? It's no. the blue. The podcast characters. Oh, the podcast characters. This, this the listeners <laughs> cannot. Cannot oh, see. Are those supposed to be arms? They used to be attached along oh, the way. I'll shake it near off. the microphone. 
now you know my character. So, <laughs> yeah. um, Finn actually just played a Macarena. Yeah. But so the, I think the big difference between <clears throat> Roman and Jess is that I started out with Roman wanting to play someone who was a little less moral. Um, uh, what, what were your all's reactions? I know Joe wasn't wasn't there. Well, I was so I I was there for like a bit. Like I so last year we all lived in Dupont Hall. Uh, and we I lived across from them, and uh, on what was it was it on Saturdays that y'all did D and D on whatever day they did D and D. Uh, I would always be constantly bored out of my skull, and so I'd just walk in and, like, uh, listen in on stuff and watch. And so, like, I only saw Roman for a bit, and then he possessed a fucking lich, and I was like, wow, what a dickhead. How did this get, like, allowed into the party? <laughs> um, and so it was really interesting kind of, like, finding out more backstory of, like, how it progressed to that point, mm-hmm. which is really interesting, because I think it shows that, like, you can have an adversarial character, and, like, at the end of the campaign, your character can have, like, a flaming sword and have killed the rest of the party and stand on a, like a mountain of corpses and it still be reasonable and enjoyable. Um, so long as there's like enough backstory. Well, I, I don't know if it's enjoyable if they kill the party. Well, yeah. Ro- Roman wasn't trying to kill anyone. He just was, he was apathetic from what I recall. He had some other goals, but, uh, mm-hmm. let, yeah, Chris, do, do you want to talk about what you thought about Roman? Roman? Uh, I thought he was good. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's I thought like, he was it was actually criticism. a good guy the whole time. I thought it was fun. And it made sense that he had switched characters after. If he had tried to keep with the character, then I think it would have been Yeah. Not Although good. the character did get did get killed in the very end in the epilogue. Yeah. He got shot by a tree. Which was uh, <laughs> I forgot about that. It was really yeah. Good. Yeah. Um, Wait, but I thought it was a lemon. No, no, no. he got shot by Eve's shot character. Eve shot me. Uh <laughs> Oh, in in in, uh, in Madison Square Garden or Central Park? Central Park. Yeah, Central Park. Yeah, it was a drive square. Dude, that would be horrifying. Yeah, you got shot at Confusion Corner. <laughs> those are all locations very Times close to us. Point. Yeah, for for those of you who uh, aren't William and Mary alums, that will make no sense. Times Is that Irish point. dude still watching, or was that just for one episode? Uh. Unknown. I, I hope the guy from Saudi Arabia listens to this and is like, what are the places they're talking about? Uh, what, what did you think about Roman, Sean? Yeah, I mean, I knew from the get-go that Roman was going to be, like, evil, and th- I knew things about him that you didn't know, actually, which yeah. happened to be the case with all the characters, because I had some stuff planned with stuff like that. And I thought it turned out really well, and I really liked the character a lot, and thought that he was, you know, against the party in a way that didn't make the party fall apart. Yeah, I don't think we've ever played characters that have made the party fall apart. Yeah. I think we've been pretty good about that. I think the closest was Jess uh, in that one instance, which was resolved by Jess, uh, <clears throat> spoilers for season six, being trapped on that island for 40 years, 40 years of her time, which turned out to be like a day of our time. Was that, yeah, it was about like a few hours. Yeah, and, and like coming and finding us uh, and being like, I have had time to think about what I did. Uh, and it was just the wrong thing to do, and I'm, like, really sorry. Uh, and, uh, Narcissa was just like, sure. Like, I very much, like, uh, you look like you have had time to, to think on this, and, like, we beat the shit out of you last time. Like, if you act up, like, we can do it again. Now um, you're older. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna break your old granny bones. Um... 
And and so I, I thought it was a good way, uh, and it also made narrative sense, uh, to keep the party intact but also have the character change. Um, so I was happy with that. Uh, anyone have any other characters that they're that they're thinking of? Um, not a different character, but I think I will bring up that if you're going to play an adversarial character, your reasons for the adversarial part should remain consistent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So with Narcissa, there was that strong adversarial thing with you're stealing the orb and us against your morals, but then that really never came up again well, with like people not going with their morals, I guess. Because there I, were a lot of like I don't well situations. I, there, I don't recall that many situations where I knew someone's moral code like pretty well and saw like them struggle with something uh that she thought she wanted to help in because like for that one i was just like wait and also narcissa for what it's worth thought you were absolutely nuts that's fair um like this guy uh started off the campaign of like telling narcissa her whole life story despite having never met the man uh and then he's like this orb is talking to me and it says it's evil and i'm like Oh, he's crazy. Um, or I guess, but also part of it was adversarial on moral grounds. But then, just last session, you like killed an innocent dude. You're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. no, no problem, and just kind of ignored it. So I was pretty certain <clears throat> that I was going to be able to get away with it. Uh, so I Narcissa has been turning everyone else in the entire world basically into vampires. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, he's just recently dead. What are the odds that I could turn him into a vampire? Uh, and Cody was like, you could probably do it. And so I did it. And like, uh, so what? he died because Narcissa was impulsive, um, which I tried to keep consistent, uh, that she just like does things. Yeah, I think the, the moral here is probably that no matter how wacky the stories get and how wacky the characters are, it's important that the rest of the players feel like they've got a good sense of how your character yeah. generally behaves. Even if, mm-hmm. and, and if they're an adversarial character, maybe that is like something that is consistently hidden. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, so hopefully, uh, are, are we going to have adversarial characters in Call of Cthulhu? <laughs> I sure shit no. hope not. It's going to be a, the like the... Yeah, well, yeah, the but like we're not playing the cultist, right? Well, are we? No. Well, <laughs> so there's there, there's something like that, but it's going to be all of you all. Okay. Um, I won't say much more. I'm running uh, season whatever. Eight or seven. Eight. Uh, Call of Cthulhu. Uh, um, I have no clue what Avis is going to do. I know. Well, we, we can talk about that later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I'm running... Uh, hopefully none of y'all will be adversarial in the Mutant City Yeah, campaign. I, I think that would not work out very well. You're all members of the Force. Like, <laughs> yeah. the adversarial cop character is not great. <laughs> um, unless you play, like, the mole, but even then. So, uh, I think that just about wraps it up. Yeah, uh, I think it's a pretty short episode. Does anyone have any other any other thoughts or things they want to talk about? We got we got more time. Chris has no more time. I mean, I played Hit Kick. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it kick was adversarial. Would yeah. you, you say she was? I, I think, I mean, she just had knowledge about something that she didn't want to tell the rest of the party. I think and it also would have been secret. helpful yeah. if she told it. That's the thing. Is like, but if, I, don't, I don't think secrets necessarily. No, I, I won't. I won't say that it was adversarial. But I will mm-hmm. say that like, uh, they weren't cooperative. If that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. Um, 
Like, I definitely like the idea of each character in an RPG has some sort of secret that they know and yeah. they don't tell it, mm-hmm. uh, most other people, because mm-hmm. I think it helps, you know, build your character up. And also you can assess, like, how well you know someone by if you tell them your secret. Well, it also forces uh, adaptability in mm-hmm. role-playing. Like, uh, if I had known uh, what I now know about Jess's character, like, I would have divulged a lot more things and done a lot of things different, uh, but I don't think I would have been playing the character correctly. Uh, yeah, and I think another... This is... <clears throat> going back to Ikik. Uh, another thing that shows that Ikik... I don't think was very adversarial is that once we learned or not we I wasn't there as the DM once they learned her secret like nothing really changed yeah true. nothing happened true was, yeah I, she, I, did, she was still on their side yeah it's still like important to her and still it was like a so the secret was that she was part of a cult mm-hmm. um but like they all knew her it, it wasn't like they didn't know her yeah yeah um and I think maybe that's how I've never played an adversarial character, because to my knowledge, I think every character I've played has just been, like, honest. I mean, like, when you played really Bayard, he hated the... That's true. What were they called? Hmm? The magic users. Illusionists. Oh, yeah, he did hate the illusionists. That's yeah. the one character that had a secret. Also, yeah. he tried to convince everyone he was a human in a bear suit, to the point where he, like, ripped off his face. That oh. was weird. Yeah. I forgot about that. Oh, man. So he, he might have been adversarial, uh. but... I, I think the bottom line is well. just that, like, it can be done well. Like, people yeah. who say, like, adversarial characters are bad, um, <clears throat> like, flat, yeah. are missing a lot of really interesting narrative stuff that can happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's also a good uh, point to point out that characters can become more adversarial over time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, in ways that you don't originally anticipate, and that can be really fun uh, yeah. as, long as, as long as they don't go... Uh, as long as they're not seen to be going against the party because mm-hmm. um, you don't want to create real life discord and also uh, just because there are disagreements in the party doesn't mean that those people are adversarial mm-hmm. like at the end yeah. of season 5 uh, there were disagreements about what they should do yeah um, there was this big choice at the end of season 5 that was the end of Evangelion yeah, it really was and, and uh, so the, the thing was like not everyone chose the same but that didn't mean they were like adversarial yeah. uh, it just meant that uh, there is a difference of opinion. Whereas mm-hmm. the uh, the the two main like big god forces or whatever in that season were like the big difference between the god force people and the normal characters is that the god force people they they, they were gods, pretty much. Yeah, uh, they were con- more than yeah, gods. <laughs> considered uh, considered those two options as like dichotomies. Ad- yeah, um, they would necessarily be something to fight about, whereas the characters figured out that it wasn't. Uh, it seems like Chris has to go. I mean, I'm just standing. Oh, okay. I saw a few minutes. <laughs> Menacingly. Yeah. Chris well, has to go to a class in a minute. <laughs> well, I think we can uh, wrap it up here, and uh, do we know what we're doing next week? No. Never. Um, it's alright. Next week, oh, I think that next week or the week after might be the last podcast we do here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then my potato internet will somehow work hopefully we'll talk about like best endings of like shows oh we could do the ambiguous ending uh oh yeah 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 Uh, we have an episode lined up for that oh wait chris you like when games have items build the world right yeah yeah yeah. oh god chris did an actual like uh project on this for a class right Mm -hmm. where you talked about story building and a presentation and i'm gonna write a paper on it 
so we'll figure something out, but we will see you next time. Make sure to email us or uh, go to the subreddit at uh, what foolsandfiction at gmail.com and r slash foolsandfiction. I did it. I remembered yes. the plug. And leave us an iTunes review if you listen on iTunes. Oh, that's right. Um, and uh, we'll see you next week. See ya.